Welcome to Commercial Property Podcast. My name is Helen Tarrant. I'm an author, I am an educator, and I am a specialist commercial property bias agent. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you specialist strategies and terminologies and live case studies on how you too can achieve financial freedom through commercial property. Now, if you are looking to buy your first commercial property, want to find out more information to see if commercial property is right for you, or you want to expand your portfolio to two or three commercial properties or even more, then this is the podcast for you. I will be sharing with you live case studies, the journey of my clients and students, and also how we're putting deals together. So relax, listen in, and enjoy the process. Join me in this detailed property uplift case study where Helen Tarrant runs through the numbers and the investment strategy and negotiating approach for this multi-tenanted Gimby property. Over to Helen. Hey there, welcome everyone. I'm so glad you can join me. I've got Helen Tarrant again on this podcast for Commercial Property Cashflow. Um, it's really quite exciting. We're looking at a property at the moment um, as a tenanted investment opportunity that's in Gympie in Queensland. Um, the property is actually on the Bruce Highway in the centre of town. Uh, it's out of a flood zone, so that's good. Property's actually got four tenancies, three are currently tenanted. So one of those tenancies is vacant, which is a good opportunity. The land size, oh, it's, it's um, 1985 square metres and the building size is about 1185 square metres. The asking price is 1.4 million. Um, there's three current tenants. Um, and let's just have a quick look at the net rental income before Helen comes on to discuss what goes on behind the scenes of this strategy. So the first tenant is on just over 53,000 um, in terms of rent. Uh, the second tenant is just over $19,000. And the third tenant is just over $39,000. The fourth tenancy, as we said, is vacant. So that's a total of over $112,000 in rental income. When we deduct the outgoings, which are $15,893, um, we get uh, just over $102,000 in net annual income from this investment property. So we're just taking a quick look at the current leases. The first lease is about is going to expire uh, in August of 2022, which is a couple of years away with a three-year option. Uh, the second tenant is expiring in three years with another three-year option. So they're two really good leases. And the third tenant is expiring at the end of this year in 2020 so now i want to bring helen in helen you bought this to us thank you so much welcome hi Nikki. yeah it's always good to look at a case study especially totally. a current one as well yeah so take us through it how how would you look at this and, and evaluate this opportunity so when this was first sent uh, this property was sent to me without an information memorandum, which just pretty much what you've read out as it is. Um, and the first thing we, we, we know this agent, we've done a few deals with this agent already. Um, and so we know that what he's bringing to us is already the preliminary. It's not, it hasn't really hit the market yet, but it is something that we need to negotiate on. So, our first instinct is we need to cite the property. We need to see what kind of conditions the property is and how much work it needs to be done. Um, and that's um, and we would normally look at the location. So Google map it and look at the location of this property. We would send out our property scout, Renee Thomas, out there to have a look at the property. Um, or if failing that, we'll get the agent to even to give us a preliminary 
either a little bit of a video or some photos of the property. We just want to see and if we can possibly get a floor plan, that would be the best thing. Mm-hmm. Because then we know where everything sort of how it lays out. Because he has multiple tenants, you just want to know where the doorways are, how they're getting access, where you know bathrooms, amenities, all of the things that's that's there. So um, the way that I see it is that when you go and get a uplift property, um, the way that you would get an uplift property would be to get a property based on the current yield, based on the current rent. So this property of one point four million um, is based on an eight percent well. A um, bit more than an eight percent yield based on the current rent. So um, the, the, that's when they it's fully tenanted. So that doesn't quite work out. Uh, whereas you, what we're trying to do is so at one point four million, at the asking price is a seven point three percent yield. Now that for Gimpy is quite low, right? Um, and what we're trying to do is. In order to have the uplift, you've got to be able to get it based on the the rent itself. So the rent itself at the moment is $102,000 after all outgoings, but there is a vacancy there that potentially is going to add in another another dollars $20,000 into there as well. So we're looking at what it would be if we added $102,000 uh, we just added a simply fifteen thousand dollars, one hundred and seventeen, um, one hundred and seventeen thousand. When it's fully tenanted, uh, at eight percent yield, will be one point four six two million. Right, five hundred. So yeah. that's where we would say that was where that property is. Um, when it's got fully tenanted, that's how much it would be worth. But right now we've got to look at one hundred and two thousand. And look at an eight percent yield for that, yeah. which means that the true purchase price is actually one point two seven five million, and not one point four million. Mm-hmm. And we always ask about the expected rent for the vacancy. That's the first thing we ask, and the agent usually give us a range. No agent will say slap bang, it's twenty two thousand. They yeah. will say, well, it can be in the vicinity of seventeen to twenty five. So we always take the lower end. Of it, so in this case it was fifteen to twenty thousand. Always take the lower end of fifteen thousand, because taking into account that even if you had someone come in at twenty thousand, you would obviously advertise somewhere, you know, maybe nineteen thousand or something like that. Um, bearing in mind that you might offer some incentives, it might end up being fifteen thousand for the first year, or a little bit lower. Mm-hmm, so course. we, so that means that we we add the most conservative onto that as well. So the strategy for me here will be try to get the property at an eight percent yield, which is the market cap rate in, in Gympie at the moment, um, for this property, uh, based on its current income, excluding the vacancy. Yep, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, sorry, no, go on. Sorry. Ultimately, you're going to end up with a little more. Than fifteen thousand because the incoming tenants you're going to make you probably will get them to pay some outgoings as well, and if you're looking at the outgoings um, in this property, some of the outgoings are not recoverable. Um, some of the outgoings is about fifteen thousand dollars of outgoings at the moment that's not recoverable. Which if you had this tenant come in, um, you they might be only paying a couple of thousand dollars additional for outgoings. Um, and that would actually mean that you're paying less outgoings, which means that your income's going to go up as well. 
Okay, got it. Sorry, I must have misread that earlier. So the um, that fifteen thousand in outgoings was not recoverable, and the actual outgoings that were were the six thousand. So okay. yes, yes. Yeah, so hopefully, this yeah. new tenant would put something more towards the unrecoverable ones. Yes. So as you bring a new tenant, usually they will, you'll get a little bit of outgoings. Um, you get a little bit of outgoings back, which you know helps also add to the cash flow as well and also you know as the leases come up in the next few years you know one's coming up in 2022 one's coming up in 2023 you might have the chance to negotiate to put you know to add some outgoings into it into their into the leases or renegotiate if the tenant want anything particularly done for that property you might negotiate it to add some outgoings as well mm. but again not the most um, essential uh, but the main thing is you're starting to get some outgoings coming back and it starts to add more and more into your uh, cash flow. Yeah, that makes total sense. So yeah. your approach would be cap rate for Gympie, 8%, price it on the current tenanted rents um, and anything after that would be your upside um, given that there might be, you know, work that needs to be done um, yeah. that we don't yet know about. Yeah, and the um, the main thing at the moment um, is there is a lease. I see this the most risk here. The lease there's a lease with an accounting office uh, that's expiring in 2020, December 21st, 2020. So we've got about a year to run on that lease, and so it's time to negotiate with that lease. And that will be the first tenant we talk to. So as we go in for our property inspection, that will be the tenant we talk to. We want to find out, you know, what their intentions are, how long they've been in the premise, whether they're interested in staying on, um, why why they are on a shorter lease with no options and what are some of the things they want done in order to stay on. So um, the agent's the agent's suggestion is to renegotiate the lease. We would find out and we, we have, we've seen this property since we've got the email, is that the tenant wanted a few things done, like they wanted some new air conditioning done. I think there was particular areas that were leaking in the property and they want that fixed um, and they were happy to sign a new lease. So. It's about you know budgeting for that as well, mm. getting that fixed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So at, at, you got to have. If you look at how this deal works with an uplift deal, this is probably one of the simplest forms of uplift deals where you're not doing extensions, you're not doing major works, you are um, letting out that vacancy for say for fifteen thousand. Um, you are renegotiating a lease with a current tenant, possibly costing you anywhere from three to five thousand to put in a new air conditioning unit. And the leak, I believe, that is something as part of due diligence you could put back to the vendor, and at least you could look at splitting the cost of fixing something like that. All right, wow, okay. And so these are all doable cosmetic ones that you could do from, yeah, from a you know, from another state. Yeah. Okay. So as long as you've got trusted uh, people on the ground, then it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's more of a, an entry type of uplift property for those who are looking for something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. And 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 this is not something like a property like this. Someone from anywhere in Australia can do. It's not something you have to be physically on site all the time to do. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. So as long as you've got the the tradespeople you trust or whatever it is that are, I mean, I suppose air conditioning. That's that's pretty simple. Um, and you said so. You said that the um, you could put that back on the 
seller uh, for the roof leaks uh, to see if they'd split the cost moving forward. If they don't, would you would you would that affect your what you negotiate the property for as well? It um, it depends on the upside. If if the tenant if the accountant was willing to sign a three year lease to get those things fixed, I would do it. Um, and I will still look at ultimately what there is to gain. So if you look at what you could sell once you get the other one tenanted, um, let's work on our original figures of 1.462, uh, 500, but let's just say, let's just call it 1.46 for round numbers sake. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you bought the property for 1.275. Uh, I'm just going to work out the mass on something like that. Uh, it's about 187500 as in the rough gain, equity gain in this property. Mm-hmm. And with something like that, if you think about what the cost of that would be, uh, let's say it's 5K for Aircon for the, the accounting firm. Uh, let's say that the roof leak was two or $3,000. Okay, um, so not major. Uh, not major look if there's any big structural things i'll definitely be pushing hard with a vendor and all vendor knows that you know if they want to try to sell something that has a structural issue they will have to be fixing it uh but usually with something that is a an office space that has a roof leak um most of the time unless it consistently happens it's not going to be it's not going to be huge and and that's also part of the best pest of building. You're going to check to see if the whole roof has rusted out and this is going to be a $50,000 job, yeah. in which case it's definitely something going back to, or whether it's going to be a ten or three or $5,000 job. Yeah. Okay. Um, but let's just add in, you know, it's two or 3,000, but let's add in that, you know, to refurbish the vacant ones or to tidy up the, the vacant ones, it might be, you know, another 3K itself. Um, we're probably sitting somewhere around ten to eleven thousand right now, but let's add in some marketing. Um, let's just say, look, roundabout factors, it's fifteen thousand. But even if it's twenty thousand dollars to get this property all fully tenanted, mm-hmm. by the time you add in some commissions, by the time you, you know, add in all of the rest of the things that you need to, um, you're still going to gain one hundred eighty-five thousand out of this. Yep. Uh, sorry. Sorry, less, less than one hundred and sixty. Yeah, one hundred and sixty-seven thousand um, out of gain out of this property. Yeah, which is a, a yeah <laughs> a nice gain. We, which is a nice gain. Uh, which means that if you were to have this property and you were to have that all tenanted and refurbished and done within six months which I don't see is no reason why you know, the accountants until have December. So if you were under contract with this property, you had a 30 day due diligence period, you found out what your tenant wanted, the river's tenant, uh, river accounting tenant, and you were able to struck a deal with them during that time. And then action after you settle the property, by the time you settle the property, if you had it now, by the time you settle the property, it would be somewhere at, towards the end of March. And which means that, in about three months, you want that you want them locked in anyway. So you want to do all the works. So you want them locked in for another three years for the amount of work you're going to be doing, yeah. which means that within six months, you should probably have this property tenanted. Um, and I would be suggesting you wait until it's 12-month period, go back to the bank, look at getting it revalued so that you can pull that extra, you know, that extra equity out. Alternatively, 
you could look at putting, you know, it's now fully tenanted. Once it's all fully tenanted, you could look at putting that back on the market. Beautiful. So two two options out of a, an uplift strategy, um, an uplift case study like this. Yeah, and and look, um, Gympie is not the centre of the universe. Um, it's by no means a, a metro metro area is 90 minutes inland from Sunshine Coast, but it has all the infrastructure uh, of a, a, a growing town. So in that sense, you, you should, and the office space in comparison to what everyone else is paying, um, if you look at neighbourhoods, aid is paying 53000 You've got a hairdressing salon, which is paying nineteen. You've got um, Rivers Accounting paying 39000 Um it's not, um, it's not, it's not inconceivable to, to rent your, that part of the property out for fifteen to $20,000. Yeah, is it, is, to, it rough, is it roughly um, the same size or much smaller? Do, do you know? It's slightly smaller. Yeah. The estimation from the agent is that you could be getting something up to even $25,000 net rent. For some right. for that space but I'm looking at it sort of as in okay well if you get someone in for 15 if at, at worst 15,000 mm -hmm. uh, plus some outgoings um, the property deal will be worth doing yeah because okay. I always look at the base the baseline and I think that's the smartest thing that I've learned from here <laughs> is look at the baseline and don't assume um, yeah look at the baseline don't be greedy don't be greedy yeah. is my, my big thing is make it equitable for everybody that's coming in. You might have a new startup that's going, well, you know, if rather than paying 25, I'm paying 15. Why don't I just take this, you know, 15,000 with, you know, a couple of thousand dollars of outs, outgoings. Um, and for that for, for a year, and then, you know, I might give them a bigger, higher rental increase the following year. Mm -hmm. And which means that I'll start cranking the rents back up. So okay. you might find that for you, the smart strategy might be to hold it for 12 months, um, get the tenant in, apply all the rental increases across the four tenants, and then put it on the market. And you might be finding that you, you, that might end up eventuating, you know, ending up putting an extra $40,000 into your pocket. Yes. Yeah. To move on to so, another property, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, so in 12 months, you've essentially made it, you know, close to 200000 by the time you add all the rental increases um, on that property. Yeah, and so, so the current three tenants, all the, the first two tenants, had rental increases built into the lease, do, did you? They do, they do. Okay. They've got, yeah. um, they do, a hairdresser has got a CPI um, neighbourhood, I believe that's got a 3%. Um, and Rivers County is on a month, on a year to year, so they don't have an increase. But if if you were to renegotiate the lease, you can always give them minimum CPI at least. Yeah, yep, brilliant, very nice, so, lovely case study. And if you look at that as a return on investment, if you got the property for a hundred and one point two seven five million, mm -hmm. um, two hundred thousand, if you were able to clear. You know, I'm not talking about stamps and all this stuff, but just an equity uplift. I'll say close to two hundred thousand. That's a that's a fifteen percent. It's a minimum of roughly about fifteen percent. Yeah, uplift to that property. And don't forget, you do get cash flow from that as well. That's right. You because do because mm -hmm. you're getting an eight percent yield buying in. You're paying the bank around. You're paying the bank around. Um, let's say with, with something like this. Let's say four point five. Uh, 4.5 on let's just times it on the whole 
whole thing is 57,000. 375, uh, you're getting 102 as you walk in through the door. You're clearing about 44,000, 44,876. So you're clearing for close to 45,000 on this property um, in the cash flow in the first year without you adding anything else on it. If you were to add something else on, if you were to add the 15K, if you bought a new tenant on there, yeah. you would at least get that also added on. So you could be making as much as $60,000 in cash flow plus the capital, um, plus a 15% capital increase, uh, equity uplift in the next 12 months. I, I just, all I can say is sweet and my mouth's open. <laughs> it's <just laughs> such a, <laughs> it yeah. really I mean, this is, is a, go on, yeah. yeah. This is a current student deal. So we've got a student currently have this property under contract and I'm right. working with them on it. So mm -hmm. it's very, very exciting. It's super exciting. I think they're going to be absolutely delighted um, with the outcome of having a, an opportunity for this property. Um, and, and that's what I love about you. You know exactly what you're looking for. You know exactly how to do it um, and exactly how to help your students and your clients get amazing properties like this. Um, any, final words on, any final words on, on this particular case study? Um, final words is more around uplift properties. Um, I think there's very two distinct type of uplift properties. Um, most people have thoughts around um, uplift and they think of it as a bubble or a sort of a, a blue sky thing. I think there is the, this type of uplift where you can be remotely and do it. And as long as you've got patience and you, you know that leases are going to happen overnight, that it's going to take multiple conversations and that you know that you might take in the first, say, three months, two or three trips up there maybe, um, and you're willing to do that. I think that, you know, if you have that and you have the outlook of 12 months, this will turn out to be an excellent deal. Um, that's one type of uplift. The other type of uplift deals are the ones where the property itself needs a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But you're going to find that in terms of capital gains, it's probably going to give you more. So more because you're putting physical work, you're making it beautiful, you're going to end up charging more for the rents, you're going to create more lettable areas. But that may require you to be down and, and be physically and be on track working on this property consistently for a good three months. And you've got to see whether in your, whether you've got time to be able to do that. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. And hence so don't choose the wrong one because yeah. sometimes I find a lot of people love the idea of, because when they look the figures on paper of how it works with this uplift to someone buying a $1.27 million property that they potentially could have land component that they could build on um, a property where they could gut it and rechange all of the layouts and all of that stuff that the uplift on it could be, you know, 30%. Or forty percent mm -hmm. um, compared to you know fifteen percent of this one, they go we want that one, but in all reality they don't have space to be able to do it. They don't have the time or the energy or the, yeah. yeah yeah yeah, or even potentially the uh, the additional capital in the time frame required to get it done. You know yeah yeah, yeah. strategically totally understand now, and really really value this particular case study being brought to us thank you so much and as i said look um you'll hear it at the end but if if this is the type of 
um, investment you're looking for to add to your portfolio or as a new commercial property investor, Helen is the woman who knows her stuff around Australia and commercial properties. So um, you really need to check in with her webinar and you really need to check in uh, with booking a call with one of her team if you really are ready to take this further. Um, so look for those links in the um, uh, podcast details below and, um, you know, take some action because Helen, you know, there's a lot of work in finding deals like this, but Helen and her team know, you know, exactly what, what to do and, and what looks good on paper and what actually is good you know, at the end of the day in reality. So thank you, Helen, once again. Love having you on. Can't wait to have you on again. All right, thank you. Thanks, Namiki. You've been listening to Commercial Property Cashflow Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss any of my valuable tips and strategies. Now, if you're wanting more detailed education and training, I have a free webinar you can attend. Just click on the link in the show notes and it will take you there. And if you're ready to invest in commercial property with guided assistance and you want to talk to us, book into your free consultation, find out more about it on helentarrant.com. I can't wait to share with you more of my tips and strategies in upcoming episodes. So really make sure you subscribe. This is Helen Tarrant signing off. See you on the next podcast.